0: What's going on, sports fans? Got another good one for you today. Today I'm going to be recapping the Steelers versus Ravens game that happened on Wednesday afternoon. Then I'm going to get into my latest thoughts on the college football playoff rankings and then the matchups this weekend I'm most looking forward to. So let's get into it. First thing, Steelers beat the Ravens 19-14. to Steelers remain perfect. Hard to hate on them when they're 11-0, and but I do feel that they underperformed to expectations again. The first time this game or the first matchup between these two teams earlier on in the season was a really close game. And I think that's why it was scheduled for Thanksgiving night. A lot of people thought it might be the Steelers' first loss. But then COVID hit the Ravens. They lost Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, and Mark Andrews, and more in this game. They they were not they were out because of COVID. So they didn't have those guys. So I really thought the Ravens were not the Ravens. The Steelers were going to step up, make this a lot larger margin of victory and keep rolling. They got the win which is the most important thing but I didn't like how they got it. They played a really like strange way on offense. Big Ben you know he finished 36 for 51, 266 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Not an awful night, not a great night but what you know, stood out to me the most was the way the Steelers played this game on offense. They didn't try to run the ball that much, and they were throwing a lot of short breaking routes. Like when you look at Big Ben's stats, he completed 36 passes at a 51 attempted, but he only had 266 passing yards. And that's in part because a lot of time the Steelers receivers were just running slants, short in-routes, and short in-breaking routes. They weren't trying to go deep down the field I think they only attempted a few deep passes all game and it was really it's kind of weird to see the Steelers play that conservative against a team that you know was so missing so many crucial pieces but they still got the win so can't hate on them too much like I like to say a win is a win in the NFL no matter how you get it no matter who's it who it is against A win is a win. There was one play though where late in the game with two and a half minutes left on the clock, the game 19 to 14. Big Ben threw a very iffy ball to James Washington over the middle of the field. It was a very lofty ball, a lot of air under it. Multiple Ravens defenders around James Washington. And if it and it would have been intercepted if not for Washington just going up and making a really tough catch like he he went up and just snagged the ball out of the air came down with it i believe it was chuck clark who was trying to you know get the ball out of his hands when he was coming down and he and they just weren't able to get it out it was a great catch by washington but a very concerning and iffy throw by big men you know a guy with that much experience in late game close games. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. You really don't expect him to make a bad throw or a bad decision like that to throw that ball, but he did. But Washington made him or made up for his bad mistake and was able to come down with the ball. Pittsburgh defense came to play as usual, only allowing 110 passing yards. Sacked RG3 three times Forced a fumble and had a pick six. Just a really good day for Pittsburgh's defense. Really showed how dominant they are. And, I mean, everyone knows they're either the best or the second best defense in the NFL. And I don't think that's a question. And that's why the Steelers are 11-0. Because they have a lot of weapons on offense. But that defense stays true no matter what game they're playing. Steelers play Washington at home on Monday. Um, because they played on a Wednesday. Their game got moved to a Monday. If they win that game, they clinch a playoff spot. So it's really big for the Steelers. Only concern is the Steelers have a tendency of playing down to their opponent. And if they play down to Washington, Washington has some weapons on that offense. Their defense is no slouch either. If they're not careful, they could end up dropping that one. So just something to look out for. I don't think they will. Think they go in there, learn from their mistakes. Mike Tomlin has that team very well coached. I think they don't take Washington lightly. They go in there and win the game. On the Ravens side of thing, although they were missing a lot of crucial pieces, mostly on offense, like Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Andrews, and even more guys. They, they played better than expected, really. I didn't expect this game to be that close at all. I expected the Steelers to run away with it, and partially because I think the Steelers underperformed on offense. But I feel like the Ravens, they performed very well for what they had going for them. Their defense, although you know they weren't plagued by COVID necessarily, but they got hit with a lot of injuries during the game, especially in the secondary. Did a great job and fought hard in that game to keep you know the Ravens in that game and basically the only reason they were in the game besides a Trace McSorley 70 yard touchdown to Marquise Brown late in the fourth Marquise Brown just turned on the Jets and got them a touchdown made it a close game with like three two and a half minutes left in the game so really a bright spot for what's been a couple bad weeks for the Baltimore Ravens they've lost three straight now but they they should be back to normal when they play the Cowboys on Tuesday that game's on Tuesday originally scheduled for yesterday but now because of they had to play on Wednesday night they're not going to make them play on Thursday obviously so that game got moved to Tuesday expecting the Ravens to go out there and win that game but the the game against the Cowboys they they kind of it's not a must win but they really do need to win it if they do drop this one that would mean they would have Lost four games straight and would have a lot of ground to make up if they want to get into the playoffs. A couple weeks ago, they were, you know, in the seven, six seed. Even I think they got up to five. They were really in the thick of that playoff hunt. Now they're down to nine, I believe, in the playoff seeding. And if they drop this one, they'll and the Patriots win. They'll actually drop below them, be at ten, maybe even eleven. I'm not a hundred percent sure what the whole playoff race is looking like in the AFC but really a game that the Ravens really need to win and if you like you think the Ravens when they're at full strength it's a guaranteed win especially against how awful the Cowboys are but we've seen how COVID has affected quarterbacks you saw Cam Newton he got really thrown off when he was out with COVID for a couple weeks so we hope that doesn't happen to the Ravens and they keep it rolling. (laughs) So moving on into the other topics of this episode, I'm going to talk about my thoughts on the latest college football playoff rankings. So I don't really have any gripes with these current rankings except one thing, and it's one thing I've already addressed with them. How are you going to sit here and tell me that a three-loss UNC team Two losses of those losses being to Florida State, two and six, and Virginia four and four is the 17th best team in the country. You can't tell me that. They're the only three-loss team in the college football playoff top 25. I don't under... They have to have some Carolina homers on that committee or something because this team is not a top 25 team. I don't understand how you lose. Yes, you lost to a really good Notre Dame team. I'll give you that, but you lost by 14. It wasn't like you lost on a last-second field goal. You played them super close. No, they beat you by two touchdowns, okay? Let's not kid ourselves here. You lost by two touchdowns to a much better team than you and you move up two spots in the rankings meanwhile coastal carolina who they did beat an awful texas state team 49 to 14 though still didn't jump you there's still one spot behind you coastal carolina is undefeated they are dominating the opponents they are playing okay i get they're not that high level of opponents they're not super quality but but UNC hasn't played that many quality opponents i mean heck the teams that they have beaten that have been previously ranked i don't think had any i don't think nc state had any business being ranked like i said and virginia tech had like half their team out with covid so their two wins are hollow wins to me and they've lost to two really or one really bad team in florida state one not very good team in virginia and then you lost by double digits two touchdowns to a really good Notre Dame team. So I don't understand why they're in the top 25. And I don't understand why they're 17, why they're ahead of a Coastal Carolina team who's undefeated. And while they're ahead of some other teams on that list that only have one loss or, or undefeated like Marshall. I, I just really don't understand what the committee is looking at when they're looking at Carolina because I don't see it. Um, Moving on from that matchups this weekend, I'm very excited about number 18, Coastal Carolina plays number 13, BYU. This matchup was not originally scheduled to happen, but then Liberty had to pull out of their matchup with Coastal Carolina because of COVID. BYU had an open spot because of canceled or postponed game earlier on in the season. And so now we get a top 25 showdown that probably whoever wins this game will get a New Year's six ball, which is huge. I'm for either of these programs and I'm so happy that this happened. Like I love that they made this matchup happen because these two teams, they're the only gripe with these two teams this season is that they haven't really played quality opponents. Now they get to face off. We get to see a really good game. And I what in my opinion, the only good College football, like, or big implications, college football game we have this weekend. BYU is heavily favored in this one, but watch out for those Chanticleers. They play a very hard nosed style of football. I really like how they play. And I'm not so sure that BYU is going to run away with this. I think Coastal Carolina has a legitimate shot at winning this. I would love to see them win it. Not that I have anything against BYU. And if BYU can win this game, if they win it by a large margin, you then have to put BYU as a legitimate playoff contender. Do I think they jump like a Cincinnati? No. But I mean you got you got to look at them. if they finish the season undefeated and they go in there and they beat Coastal Carolina by a decent or large margin you have to start thinking about them in the playoffs and I think this year more than any other year is a year where a 18 playoff would be beautiful and something I would really like to see because we're not going to see a lot of these good teams that have a lot of good potential in the playoff. And I'm not just talking about BYU. I'm talking about a Florida team or a Texas A&M team who lost earlier on in their seasons, but now they're starting to get into a rhythm. These teams really have a legitimate shot. And then you have a Notre Dame team and this is just hypothetical, but say this happens. Who do you put in the top four if this happens? Say that Florida beats Alabama in the SEC championship. You have to put Florida in, right? They have one loss, but they beat Alabama, who's been the number one team pretty much all season, undisputed, might I say. So you got to you gotta put Florida in there, right? Say Clemson beats Notre Dame. Clemson avenges their only loss of the season. You got to put them in. But then you have a Notre Dame team whose only loss is to a really good Clemson team. So you're thinking, well, we can't keep them out of the playoffs. But then you have an Alabama team whose only losses is to a really good Florida team. Meanwhile, you have a one-loss Texas A&M team there. You have Ohio State in the mix. This would be a really good year to have an eight-playoff Structure and I think we're nearing that. I think it was only a matter of a time before the playoff expanded, and I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Moving on from that, another ge- college football game I think is going to be close is number 25 Louisiana plays App State tonight. Should be a really good game. I'm taking the Raging Cajuns by one touchdown this game. ESBN has App State favored, but I think the Regent Cajuns are a very good team. Only lost to a even better team in Coastal Carolina on the season. So I think they take this one. I think it'll be a close pretty close game though, but I still have the Cajuns taking it by a touchdown. Moving on to the professional side of things, Colts at the Texans. And let me tell you what, I, I've talked about it in previous episodes. I'm putting the Colts on upset alert this this week because that boy Deshaun Watson is going to go in there and he's going to ball out. He's going to keep balling out. He's been balling out for the past couple of weeks. As, if you can't tell, I love Deshaun Watson and I think he's going to keep his team in the playoff hunt. Not that I think the Texans are going to get there. I think there's just too many. Mi- I think the Texans are figuring it out too late. But and there's too many teams ahead of them with just more wins at the moment. They don't have enough weeks to make up ground. But I think Deshaun Watson's gonna keep it interesting in the AFC when it comes to those bottom playoff teams. I think he's gonna he's gonna try as hardest to get his team in there. Another game, Rams versus Cardinals, both coming off hard losses on last second field goals it's a it's a big n f c West matchup. I'm taking the Rams in this one. I think the defense shows up and shows out. I think Kyler Murray's been playing at a very high level and he's kind of he struggled last week definitely. I think he comes back and plays better, but I don't think it's enough to overcome just how put together that Ram's defense is. And so I got the Rams taking that one, not by a large margin. I think it's close within one score, but I still have the Rams taking it. And then the Patriots at Chargers. This game is huge for the Pats because they are still in the thick of it when it comes to the playoff hunt. They're five and six. I think they're the 10 seed in that, in the AFC at the moment. If they can win this game, they they keep moving up and they have a chance to, you know, get to the playoffs. And now this is not a must win for them. They can certainly bounce back from a loss here, still potentially get into the playoffs, but it's going to be really hard for them if they lose this game. And I think it's really dependent on Cam Newton's play. He played very bad against the um, Cardinals, but they still ended up getting the win, he he hasn't been playing great in previous games before that although the Patriots are winning Cam Newton is not playing you know elite quarterback even good quarterback play you know he's comparable to Carson Wentz who's played really awful which I don't think is all Carson Wentz's fault but that's for you know a later episode so I think it's really dependent on if Cam Newton decides he wants to show up this game or not I think Justin Herbert and that offense keep it close though no matter you know the outcome of the game I think the Chargers really have their franchise guy in Justin Herbert I love Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and I think they keep that game close not sure who takes it it's really all dependent on Cam Newton whether he wants to keep his team in the playoff hunt but if you're gonna make me pick one I'm gonna take the Patriots just because I think Bill Belichick can scheme up something to where that team can pull out a win. That's it for the Blitz today. I appreciate you guys listening. Remember, follow on Spotify or whatever streaming streaming platform you're listening on. I appreciate all the support, and I will see you guys next time.